Howdy there, folks, and welcome to the Black Pants Legion podcast. I am your host, Mr. Tex of the Black Pants Legion. To my left is the man on his phone looking at things more interesting than the podcast, Mr. Goat. Hi, Mr. Goat. How are you doing? Fuck you. Sitting to his left is the man who knows more about trains than Casey Jones, but is still alive to tell the tale. The man who's sworn twice on the Internet and Mike has captured it both instances, Mr. Nereser. <laughs> Hello. Sitting to Nereser's left is my personal Jamie, my friend and a guy who gives pretty okay hugs for someone from Ohio. Say hi, Mike. Hello. All right. So tonight's subject is going to be a bit more freeform. We do have some questions we can listen to later and dance through. But I have to ask some Ohio questions because I thought I could tell all three of you what the subject was going to be about. But then I realized you'd work together, which is wrong. So here's the thing. All three of you fuckers grew up or spent long periods of time in Ohio. And I have some questions related to Ohio. And between you, I think you can answer them. That's classified. Because, listen, Ohio, let's <laughs> let's just say that for the first thing, for people who don't who aren't even in America, Ohio has a special status among memes. They will know what Ohio is. Like, what is the number one Ohio meme out there? Like, you are within striking distance of Ohio, or Ohio must be stopped. See, I, if I'm thinking about Ohio memes, I'm always, I, my first thought is the uh, astronauts. Yeah. The but, fact that oh, like, yeah. a bunch of the early astronauts were from, from Ohio. Ohio. So they're they trying get to get as escape. far yeah. away from Ohio as possible. Or the Wright brothers, you know, yeah. they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, how desperate are you to get out of Ohio? Quick, let's build this aeroplane using bicycle skills. Quickly, quickly, we'll flee. Um. So, yeah, what, how would, okay. Let's go down the line in three words, in three words, describe Ohio to someone who has never heard of it. Boring, but crazy. Interesting. Nerissa. That's that's one. Corn and Rust Belt? <laughs> Corn and Rust Belt. Yeah. <laughs> Rust Belt refers to uh, the, it used to have industry. Some parts still do, but in a very it's, Dickensian way. Yeah, very. <laughs> now it's very depressing. Papa, is that snow? No, it is soot, foul boy. Back to the boot blacking factory with you. Whoosh. All right, Mike, your three words to describe Ohio. Keep on moving. <laughs> no, that's Indiana. <laughs> okay, fair There's stuff to do in Ohio. Indiana, the other ice state. Yeah. We have skyline chili. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> so <laughs> here's, here's the thing. In Ohio, I have a question because I've heard a lot of mad shit talk between cities. Uh, so let's go ahead and lay this down, shall we? Pecking order. Ohio City's best to worst. And I, I'll let you gentlemen discuss it. I, I am merely curious and will ask questions. I'm biased towards Columbus because that's where I lived and went to college. But I still think Cleveland is overall the core city. I think Cleveland's at the top. Then it's Columbus. Then I guess technically we have to list Cincinnati because none of the other places are major <laughs> you Technically. Well, okay, yeah. hold on. Why is it? Because I didn't see disagreement. It was just like, yeah, fuck Cincinnati. We know it's there. Nobody wants to go there. It's just no. a train stop on the way to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll be. Okay. They, ha- they have or had a football team. Uh, they have. Bengals are still in Cincinnati. Oh, the ben- Bengals are still there. Yeah, so they have a football team. Uh, but everyone, so does, no, the only so football does, teams that people care about in the Midwest yes. are Ohio State Buckeyes and the Cleveland Browns. How dare you go Detroit Tigers? Who? 
they play hold the browns are that popular they they yeah, play they they're, they're popular like they're, they're popular to make for bad yeah but they're but, popular to make but people like <laughs> to hate them the cleveland okay. browns exist that's yeah yeah like if they had a commercial for their that team it would be like we want you to know the cleveland browns exist yeah we know you suck yeah Boo. I mean, nobody even knows who the cincinnati teams are all right so okay cincinnati is is a technicality and you have to acknowledge it it's but, a part of kentucky okay got, got it all right I, moving down. What, i'm just giving it to what kentucky. is what is bottom tier ohio cities toledo <laughs> toledo dayton no dayton's okay it's got town yeah um Zanesville. Zanesville. Yep. It's just a truck stop. It's like, so, you, so you know what? You didn't want to drive half an hour more why, to get to Columbus? Why? Marietta. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right. So there's, there's good and bad. Cleveland, I've noticed, is like the Mecca for people from Ohio. It is the cultural center and the center of everything seemingly fucked up and counterintuitive about the state condensed into one place. It mm-hmm. is the Bouillon Cube. If Ohio was a soup, it's the mecca it of the Rust Belt. That's what I mean. Is is it's like the bouillon cube of the soup of the of that whole region of of just soup is yeah. a very appropriate word considering how thick the air was when we well, went up to visit. I yeah, didn't realize that was, that was very interesting. You know, me and him both were dying, and everyone's like, "Oh, what's your problem?" Yeah. We're like. Oh. Oh man, you guys must be really weak to pollen. And I'm like, no, it's almost like there's heavier particulates in the air. <laughs> almost as though they're made of iron. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. That plant on your skyline that you see that shoots the giant flame into the night. <laughs> hey, at least the river isn't on fire anymore. Yeah, they there got that under control. Yeah. And like I can't make too many comments to the contrary because like the place I volunteered at is like right next to the steel mills. And if we tried to actually use it for anything other than like an industrial purpose, it would probably be classified as a super fun site. So, yeah, yeah, I, I bet. And the thing that's hilarious about Cleveland is like, if you live in Flint, Michigan, you probably aren't walking around with a shirt that says like, don't drink the water, you'll die. You know, they don't have that shirt. But in Cleveland, I saw shirts everywhere. It was like, don't lose your nerve on Dead Man's Curve. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, the river surfing team. And it's like a burning <laughs> skeleton. Yeah. Like, Cleveland is like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. Come on in. <laughs> like, come to the poor part of the Great Lakes where it's fun and dangerous. Well, yeah. it's, and it's the thing about Ohio, like Ohio in general is everyone comes in with no <laughs> expectations and then they're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I that's was, what everyone who I, visits Columbus was, tells me about i was it. pleasantly surprised because my bar was low um <laughs> yeah and yeah. It, it was like at this point we were just like i was like yeah the barbecue is pretty good and you're like yeah we'll see about that and then we go up there and you're like begrudgingly you're like above adequate yeah it's it's like <laughs> you're, my, you're like this is decent but you're like but then texas barbecue and it's like yeah but that's like saying you know, uh, our our Navy fleet in, in America can totally destroy India's Navy fleet. It's like, yeah, well, that's not saying a whole lot. Well, right. And, and, <laughs> and what I do is when I said it was adequate, I mean... You said I, above adequate. Yeah, well, adequate or above adequate yeah. is really the same grade because there's okay. Okay barbecue. Okay barbecue means Texas gas station quality, which means it's locally made. It's some guy selling it right next to the gas station. He's got a smoker there. It's probably not going to be the best you've ever had, but it's good. You know, yes. there's there's nothing unique about it in any one way other than 
It is pleasing. It is barbecue. It is good. And that is just the base. Now, when you get into the good barbecue, you can always identify something about it. Like, oh, the bark on that on that brisket was so good. It was so crunchy and oh, it's great. But yeah, it just fits under good enough. I mean, and that's great for the Midwest. That's really great for the Midwest. Good enough is great. <laughs> what's What's funny is that he he's really downplaying how much he actually really enjoyed it um, because he really did. I enjoyed the absurdity of it because, yeah. see, like, if I, okay, if you invited me to Cleveland and I stayed in the nicest hotel, which had, you know, parking, another fine luxury. Yeah, a luxury. Um, Let's say if I stayed in the nicest hotel, I ate at the nicest restaurants, and I went to the nicest places, I would not understand what Cleveland was. And I would leave there going, I don't get it. I left Cleveland going, I understand that's why I enjoyed the trip. Yeah. Because Cleveland was everything that everyone had ever told me about it at the same time. Yeah. That is what is magical about Cleveland. Because usually, like, if you're telling a story about somebody and you go, yeah, man, that guy did this. And then a few weeks later, you tell another story and it's like, yeah, but then he also did that. And it's like one story, the guy's great. And the other story, the guy's an asshole. And so you slowly get a picture of the guy, but he's probably not one or the other somewhere in between every story about Cleveland. If you put them all up in a mosaic, all true. Every Cleveland story I heard from anybody was true. I saw it in that trip and it was great because I love weird stuff. If you take me to a nicest hotel, nicest in anything, I would have been bored and I would not remember the trip. But if you take me to a place where they have eight parking spots in front of the hotel and they call that concierge parking and they have a man who has to play Tetris with those eight cars all day <laughs> as vehicles come and go. And I explain this to people in Cleveland and they're like, oh yeah, that's parking here. And I go, why? But why? Yeah, well, it's because the city at one point, and at, at many points actually, had very little money. And so a lot of predatory businesses like to buy up as much property and business as they can. And they still own a good portion of that being uh, the parking company ABM still owns like a huge chunk of the city's parking. And you can't seem to get like any cheap parking because of that. Yeah. So it's it's literally you, like you go to a hotel and it's like, where do you park? You go to a parking structure. Well, it's owned by ABM. Well, where can I park? Well, you don't pay the ABM parking super fees, so you have to go up to the roof. So it's like you go to a hotel, you drive around for a few blocks to find where you can actually park. You drive up to the top floor of a parking garage, walk down with all of your shit at like one in the morning in Crackton Meadows. And, you know, there's like standard Cleveland things like guy that you're not sure if he's possessed or a zombie. Yeah, you don't you don't look at that. <laughs> no, it was just there was a guy who was circling the building, circling the building. And he was just like going, ah, ah, <laughs> yep, ah, as he's walking down the building. That is it, just walking around normal pace, unbothered, kind of look bored, kind of bored with it. Just ah, ah, as he's going. <laughs> and then like some security guards come out to him and they have a nice, quiet talk. You know, just back and forth, you see some hand gestures and nothing as they're trying to explain their points. The security guards go back in the building and lock the doors. And the guy sits there for a minute 
And he checks his phone and puts his phone away and then goes, ah, and just keeps walking. And I'm just going and no one else looks at him. People walk down the street on their phone, whatever. Nothing stops. No. This guy's not even center stage. He's not even sideshow. No one cares. That is Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's I, I don't know why you're surprised by that, though. That's kind of like most big cities. I'm just saying the musical hobo. Uh, singing yeah, because uh, I'm sure in his head, you know, in his head, he was like, Conti partiro, you yeah. know, like in his head, you know, extremely tone deaf guy, if that's what he was going for. But uh, yeah, I mean, Cleveland's pretty wild because on that same street, you'll find all these other businesses that are just like doing fine. No big deal. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, screaming Sam, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, he comes in here at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but it's there's also this like really ghetto beauty to Cleveland where you see a bunch of attempts at like urban renewal that just paused and they got taken over by something else where they're like, this is the Italian quarter. Now it's not. Now it's something else. And you just see like block by block where they've tried to reinvent. So it's like driving through the ages. But the most wonderful thing about Cleveland I discovered is you can stay in the Christmas story house. And you can stay there on Christmas Eve. Yeah, if you if you put in a reservation yes. like seven, twelve years in advance. I don't care. Yeah, because everybody wants to. I wanna I wanna get on like the bunny rabbit pajamas and watch a Christmas story in the Christmas story house, so I can have like eight metal layers of enjoyment. Yeah. And, and then say, I've I've enjoyed as much of this as possible as is possible to enjoy one thing. Well, the rest of the neighborhood doesn't even care that that house is there. Yeah. They, Nobody they, in the neighborhood cares. They, they all just still put their trash out in the in whatever way they want. Nobody, it's like, it, they, you would think that that in that whole neighborhood would be like gentrified or what? No, those people are like, fuck that house. Yeah, it probably <laughs> brings in too much traffic. From yeah, they're honestly. like, this is an annoyance. Oh, I, well, that's the other thing I hate. Like, speaking of bad neighbors, I hated when I was a kid because... When when I was growing up young, when I was a teenager, uh, we started moving into really decent middle class houses, like really, really nice, not starter homes or anything. You know, my parents were doing well for themselves in middle class. And the thing that blew my mind, like made me laugh my ass off at first, but then made me really mad was you would see the people who go way over the top for the Christmas decorations. You know what I mean? Or, you know, oh, yeah, the competition guys. Yeah. So there's like there's. Because, you know, like, okay, you put a lighted wreath on the door. Merry Christmas. You know, you put a little nativity out front. You know, Merry Christmas. You know, something nice. Maybe a waving frosty snowman. Okay, now you've reached peak Christmas. You can't put anything else on that lawn. Like, there should be a limit, right? And it should be limited by, like, watts. You know, like, you have so much wattage. You were allowed so much wattage of Christmas. Like, your Christmas cannot exceed 400 watts. Like, you can have 400 watts of Christmas if that's one really bright thing or a bunch of small dim things. You choose. You choose. But no, you go to some guy's house and you know it's serious shit because there's like the electrician's truck out front <laughs> and they've got like the cherry picker putting up Christmas lights and they're putting like fuses and shit in and you're like, oh, fuck. And then like you start hearing him cranking a sound system and you know it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra, you know, because it always is. It's like, dun, 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 dun. and you're like, oh, so that's what we're going to be dealing with. And then the night of comes and like, it's really funny because 
what they don't show you in those videos is when someone first starts doing that in a neighborhood, everyone turns the lights on and comes to look at the window. Well, all the extra light on it makes it look like shit. So the guy will get mad and be like, everybody turn your lights off. I'm doing my part. <laughs> and so <laughs> this guy's down there doing his thing. And then the local news picks it up. Like, oh, here's where you go to see all the Christmas lights. So then you have 800,000 people driving through your subdivision, taking pictures of this thing so they can show their family members and say, I drove through a strange subdivision on a lark to stare at some Christmas lights a complete stranger put up, and I've taken a picture of it so that you too can enjoy in this very odd thing I do. <laughs> and so it's 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 great. So I, as a kid, um, got in trouble because me and a few of the other kids of the same age, uh, we found out that if you got little jerseys and wrote uh, safety on them, you could say here's where you go park to look at it and so we just put a bunch of cars in this alley and it was fantastic because then we took off the jerseys and ran off and so you have like 20 suvs jammed in this alley and all these people holding their horns down it was great it was good times i'm just imagining the guy with a giant christmas tree and the star on the top is like well we couldn't get the uh, big LED spotlight or the spotlight from a battleship, but uh, we were able to get a lighthouse bulb up there, and so that's just on now, just going around in circles. Oh, God. Well, no, and, and it's just so bright, and you're like, we can see it for miles. Well, and that's, that's the thing, is it's, I, I get having a Christmas decoration. I, I think if I ran an HOA, I would have a box on your yard. I'd be like, here's your decorative area. You can put whatever you want in there. Your Christmas shit, your Halloween shit. You don't, you don't even have to take it down. It just sits there. You know what I mean? Like it just it just sits there. It's your happy little box. You can put whatever you want in there. And if if you only celebrate Halloween, just leave up a fucking scarecrow or a skeleton or whatever. But when it takes over your whole lawn and then starts blowing into other people's lawns, and then you have people traipsing through your neighborhood to look at this collection of like big lot shit, <laughs> you're just like ah fuck. Stop. It's yeah. aggravating. Just leave your Halloween decorations up all year round like most people. Yeah, just be a creepy person. Not like, creepy. That's like normal. Everyone does that. In Cleveland. No, everybody Because it looks everybody no, it looks no less that. spooky than the rest of the houses. No, it's it's not even that. It's like everybody I know just puts up, not even just Halloween, just any decoration they will just leave up year round. And by the time the actual ho uh, holiday comes around, it's like sad and deflated snowman or like a very dirty like reindeer set that I, looks like I, it's been through like one of the reindeers weathered reindeer from a store. yeah, yeah. <laughs> weathered reindeer and they still turn it on because it's like well we have it up already so they just turn it on and like only a quarter of it still lights up and <laughs> i i remember oh, oh we'll take it down next year <laughs> I, to a point where there's just literally speaking of a Christmas. santa claus boot left over and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's still the only thing that lights up. My favorite was the um there was the Santa Claus that a friend of mine's parents had and they just left it out on the porch. Like they did leave it out. And it was a it was a Santa Claus that was about it was about knee height. And and when you walk by it when it was turned on, you know, it would have the little IR sensor and when you broke that little beam it would go, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And his little arms would go up and down, you know, 
Okay. And and he would yeah. just do that little Santa thing, and it was him singing one of these Christmas songs, and his head would turn side to side, right? And and so uh, this is Texas. Texas gets a lot of rain and extreme weather. They just left it out there, and they would put other stuff on the porch, you know, like you know, poison for bugs or whatever, and they'd forgot about it, and they would like drape stuff over it. And then at Christmas, you know, after it had been soaked in like eight hurricanes. They'd turn it back on again. It would be a little off, but it would still work. So after about three or four years, my friend says, oh, my God, we pulled the cover off it. And it's so great. You have to come see it. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> so at some point, um, it had been sprayed, I guess, on accident with something that was a solvent. And so like almost all the paint had come off Santa's face. So it looked like a skull. And the beard was all bleached and messed up and matted. Like, it had mold in it. And it was all, like, matted to Santa's face. And, like, one of the eyes was just runny. And and so when they turned it on and you triggered it, it there would be a jolt. Like, it would, it would just jolt and jerk into motion. And one arm would just start flapping up and down really hard. And the other one would just wave really slowly. And it would go <laughs> while it was doing it, and its head would just spin around. Well, what, and it, like, and, like yeah. the like the your mother sucks. No, but it would just spin constantly, and you would hear clicking and grinding where it like had gone past the stops in it. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> and, and, and it was so fucking horrifying. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And his mom saw it and was so mad. She's like, someone ruined Santa. I was like, no, it's a Halloween decoration now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it just evolved. Right. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Maybe devolved. Uh, <laughs> I think it has come a long way. It's a Christmas miracle. Santa Claus. Uh, we're still talking about Ohio. Yeah, I think we are. So, um. Next question about Ohio. So you you guys really don't like Toledo. I've I've noticed that so people in Toledo don't like Toledo. <laughs> so what what's the deal with Toledo? What's been, the deal with Toledo? No, like why why it is it been just annexed by Detroit? Oh, it's like I think it's less than thirty minutes from Detroit. Yeah, or yeah. Like Toledo that. was originally part of Michigan territory. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, and we then fought we a, war a war over it. Um, Michigan lost, and Ohio won by virtue of already being a state and having a congressman. Yeah, but Michigan <laughs> got the Upper Peninsula. They got the better deal out of it. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it's basically built on a marsh. Yeah. Like, so it's like Detroit, but you can drive through in like fifteen minutes. You can drive through Detroit in fifteen minutes if there's no gunfire. Yeah, pretty big if there, isn't it? Why would gunfire slow you down? Uh, well, that seems like a motivator to me. <laughs> well, usually it's it the other cars your, around you that yeah. tend to react violently. So you're saying Detroit is basically Carmageddon? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But without points. Well, it wasn't like that when I was there, but maybe I just got there on a Sunday. Yeah, you, you were on the day. <laughs> well, depends on where you were. I was, in, I, I was in the really seedy part, but it wasn't that bad. That's good to hear. I, I'm also from the cd parts clear so maybe oh, that's so you were like you were like ah home no i just didn't feel that different i was like oh i thought this is way more dangerous but it's like the see, same when you see a golem like <laughs> character crawl out of the wall of a building pulling pipe in his mouth I and just watch anything. him run off with a sandwich you know you've reached peak detroit like i didn't see anything like crazy it just we saw, got a tiger in the pack could plant <laughs> it was like just people on motorcycles mainly 
nothing like I, I don't have like any fun stories from Detroit. They're all just work stuff and it was just kind of boring. <laughs> I just keep thinking the tiger that attacked that cop, he barricaded himself in his car, cracked the window down a little bit, stuck his shotgun on like here kitty kitty just dude, imagine being a cop and getting dispatched to the abandoned Packard plant. Yeah, they're lying in the Packard plant. No, you you hear an abandoned Packard plant because there's something in there making noise and you get out like a horror movie with your flashlight looking around <laughs> and get mauled by a lion that someone got bored of and was like bye bye I will release you into your natural environment Detroit. the abandoned Packard plant <laughs> when they stole that lady's whole house yeah, <laughs> yeah Detroit's a magical city yeah but yeah, Toledo's kind of like that, but it's a lot smaller. Not not as much going on there. So, let's talk about Cincinnati. <sighs> do we have to? Yes. I I want to know why do people from Cleveland resent Cincinnati and why is Cincinnati resented in Ohio? Well, I would say it's not people from Cleveland resenting Cincinnati, it's just everyone doesn't care for it because it's just uh her- terrible. Yeah, it's boring, it's full of heroin, it's just a stop-off point. And before you say, that's the rest of Ohio... Because that's he's, he always goes for the lower-hanging fruit jokes, but yes, continue. Yeah, because that is the rest of Ohio. It's just it's just boring. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like... So Cincinnati is like Ohio's Moss Isley, in a sense. Oh. Yeah, nobody wants to go there. So people yeah. are there. So you're saying you show up there in a bar and the guy's like, I have the death warrant in 12 systems. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Yes. It's like, I'm I on don't the, like you either. It's like, <laughs> man, I'm, the, I'm on the run from when I've got into a gunfight over my meth labs in Kentucky. I'm going up to the promised land of Michigan. <laughs> uh, I'm going, I'm going up to the promised land of Toledo. Ontario. Yeah. Or Ontario. Yeah. Uh, so do you there's nothing like like there's nothing really f- special that i can tell you about cincinnati other than it's just like it's just unpleasant it's just unpleasant yeah so okay like My, there's not like a bigger story behind i'm sure somebody who lives in cincinnati could give you a ton of fun oh, hilarious yeah, they stories have like the fucking uh um, yeah they have their botanical gardens and shit they but, have skyline chili yeah and we'll never forgive them for it so here's the question about skyline chili um what I, it's it's very hard to describe what Skyline Chili is. I know no, a lot it's of, not. No, I know a lot of people out there are going to Google it, um, but the basic long and short of Skyline Chili is there was a guy who was a Greek immigrant. He started a restaurant. People wanted chili. He made something chili-like that has like brown sugar and some other interesting spices and in it. And put it over spaghetti. And then he serves it over spaghetti. And then you can have it multiple ways, as it's called, which is um, the Waffle House approach, approach like with hash browns. Oh, hell yeah. So it's like you can have it two ways, three ways, four ways, five ways. And it's it's like plus beans, plus onion, plus cheese, whatever. And yeah, it's served over spaghetti. It's a really weird sauce. And it's known as Skyline Chili. It's and Cincinnati, Cincinnati claims to be, on this basis, the chili capital of the world. So here is my question. Upon your first bowl of Skyline Chili, how would you describe its taste to someone who would be interested in tasting this cursed food artifact? It's the taste of 
regret that they didn't just buy a bunch of cans at Kroger, pick up a bunch of canned tomatoes and vegetables and stuff at Kroger and just make it your and just empty them into a into a saucepan yourself. It yeah, I I had Skyline once. Skyline yeah. is like I I kind of wish I would have got the uh, the husky chow mix. Oh God! Like it it just smells horrible because it's just this heavy kind of like cinnamon. Yeah, smell it, that doesn't really mesh well with the rest of the dish and then you know you, you have to then get it from this pickup area uh through the you have to traverse over this very sticky and crusty carpet to get there oh yeah the whole place is carpeted we yeah. forgot to point out a chili restaurant whose primary meal is chili is also carpeted yeah they probably changed that since i've last been there but that's I would because I think that's like we you know a lot of businesses these days have been like let's revamp the brands. Welcome to Squish. we got rid of the, yeah welcome to Skyline we got rid of the carpet <laughs> <laughs> like that's their claim to fame. Ah, uh, carpet no longer squishes. Yes. What about you, Nick? You ever had it? I have not. Yeah. Um, what? Well, no, he's fine. Well, I mean, dude, it's okay. Skyline Chili is only in like two places in Ohio. It's not in Cleveland. There is one no, near not, Cleveland, and I've been to it. I did not. It's have not in chili. Cleveland. It's in fucking Mayfield. It's in oh, Columbus true. too. That, yeah, it's in Mayfield, so Columbus, Mike, and Cincinnati. Mike will fight anyone who says there is a skyline chili in Cleveland. Because <laughs> yeah, you have to drive like nearly forty minutes outside the city no, to like, get there. Like I've seen. Well, I. It's okay to say like no, it's not in Cleveland. It's over in Mayfield. But no, you're usually you're like it's not in Cleveland. It's <laughs> like, not. <laughs> It's like the people who say, uh, yeah, I'm from Cleveland because it's like easier than saying uh, I'm from Twinsburg. I'm from Elyria. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm like, from that's Cuyahoga people, Falls. But it's it's like if you're going to that's fine to say that. But it's like if you're saying that you have a meal place already that's not great. Now you're going to add it on to a city that's already struggling with its image. <laughs> wow. And you're like, no, get that shit out of here. That can, Mayfield can have that. They can keep that that because that's how Skyline Chili was when they came because you know they're in Cincinnati right Cincinnati's got a higher crime rate than I think than all the cities in in Ohio put together put together and I don't know about that but yeah it's definitely higher crime rate but well okay that sounds, but they were like you know yeah. what we're not gonna do we're not gonna build our skyline anywhere near Cleveland because we don't feel like it's safe enough that's that's what I mean like so that's why you hate them is they they. No, impugns, the food is terrible the first of. They impugns the the great and royal status of Cleveland of Queen of the Lakes by insisting that they were concerned and afraid of your blighted land for their most majestic place of business. That it was just cheaper. Probably. It's probably cheaper to build yeah, it, was, it out there. It's it probably cheaper. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. We're trying to come up with this grand reason, but really it's probably just come down to like, eh, well, the spot was cheaper. Yeah, no. And my probably. dad lives around the corner. You know, that's like... <laughs> oh, I can see my dad while I run my slop house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they probably build it because of family. No, I, I, don't, I don't understand what their business model is because I couldn't call them a chili restaurant. I can't call them a family restaurant. So in my brain just came up with the portmanteau of slop house. Slop house? <laughs> like, that's the... Style of restaurant is slop house. Come get your chili by the trough. That's what I mean. Yep. So like if everything comes out by the scoop, that's a slop house. That there, I've just ruled it. I've invented it. So anyone out there with access to Wikipedia, just go ahead and propose an entry. Slop house, eatery, <laughs> catering to slovenly people, and uh, you know, by the bucket. Because yeah. I had an idea once where I heard there was a drive-through Italian place, and I said, Oh no. Drive through 
Italian. Please. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Drive through. Just get that spaghetti. Yeah. So I thought, okay, drive through Italian. And then my brain said, well, it's possible. I mean, you can put a salad in a to-go box. You can put a pasta in one. You can, you can put a lot of different things. Okay. That, that, that could be interesting. I mean- yeah, I mean... You've I, never had pasta in a to-go box before? No, I have. I, I'm just sitting there oh, going okay. like, okay, I could see some menu items. So I drive up there. It's a full fucking restaurant. And and it was like soup and everything, like breadsticks. And they didn't do very well. Um, they were actually later on an episode of Kitchen Nightmares. But so here's here's the crux of the story. The, uh, the crux of the story is I was thinking... What what if I did a family Italian style restaurant where you have everyone sit around the big, you know, Catholic Italian family all sitting around having the wine and the spaghetti and everything? What if you could sell that to go? And then I realized you can. So here's how you do it. You have a giant vat of fucking spaghetti. And I mean, I'm talking like 40 to 50 pounds at a time. And you you have that on one side. And then on the other side, you have a giant fucking vat of sauce. And I'm talking sauce and meatballs, right? So they pull up to the window and they're like, one, <laughs> one noodle and sauce, please. And you're like, coming right up. And you fill the bottom of a metal paint can with three quarters fill. Don't laugh. Three quarters filled with, with noodles. And then you fill the top third with sauce. Then you get the rubber mallet and you drive the lid on and you put it in the shaker and you say, how long oh shake? God. And they're like, give me two minutes. And then you're like coming right up and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you get home, everything's coated or it's mush. I don't know what happens. It's it's just a service we offer. I, I like the idea of them doing that in a paint can. So they put the, the noodles and the pre-made sauce and meat yeah. one thing, put the lid on and they just hold it over a fire for like 10 minutes. And then they're like, all right. Careful, that, that can's hot, buddy. <laughs> they hand it to you with like an iron hook. Yeah. And you have to touch it. <laughs> out, of the, <laughs> out of the drive-thru window is this hook that comes out with a paint can that's glowing red. And you're like, you know, I think, can I wait a minute for that? You're like, hey, man, you got people behind you. We got to pick this up. Let's go. Like it accidentally, it accidentally touches the mirror and it runs like wax. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh. All right, will there be spaghetti inside? Like, look, man, I already put the lid on there before I started cooking this. I don't know what's in there anymore. Yeah, I I remember I remember one time I went to one of those Mongolian barbecue restaurants. Those are nice. They're great. They're actually quite easy to eat keto in as well. Yeah. So we went to this Mongolian barbecue, and I remember we went as a like it was a school outing, and it was this field trip and each field trip bus was going to eat at a different place and we ate at mongolian barbecue and there's this kid that was just didn't get the concept because the teacher said you can put whatever you want in the bowl and take it up there and the man will cook it for you and it's fresh and we're like oh cool because as kids that was you know unique and so you we we as kids go up there and see what the adults are doing and we're like okay you put in some vegetables and you put in some meats and you put in some sauce and then the guy will make it that's great but i remember there's one kid that fundamentally didn't get the concept so he like filled the bowl up with nothing but sauce and like an egg <laughs> and so you know i'm not sure if you've ever watched a chef forced to cook one fried egg in a pint of soy sauce to amuse an eight-year-old who will cry if he does not get this done immediately and correctly. But his look of resignation 
I can sympathize with. <laughs> uh, restaurants. Yes. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the uh, the time I went to Golden Corral and I saw someone abusing the chocolate fountain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, putting like <laughs> their pizza under there yeah. and taking bites. Ah! No, and the chocolate fondue pizza actually <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound too bad. No, no, no. but put it okay. This it you're was, you're it, only saying that until you try it and go. Okay, this is bullshit that it tastes good. No, here's, that's what it would be like. Here's here's the effect I had was I saw this guy with his pizza and his chicken and everything else, and he was walking down to the dessert thing, and I was like, oh, that guy looks kind of goofy because he did. Mm-hmm. I, I people watch and the guy was unfortunately goofy looking like, you know, really long, lanky arms, really long, lanky legs, you know, and just like no chin, but like a really pronounced upper teeth. So he just so you he, just keep describing me. Wow. Yeah. You're saying, wow, you didn't disagree with that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one, Mike, you're not tall. Boom. Um, We're the same height. I know, but I don't consider myself tall. Yeah, you don't, but you are. So here, I always describe Tex as a dwarf wearing a uh, a comfy bathrobe, which he does look like it. But we're we're both like six foot tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So let me let me back up. This this guy is kind of gangly looking, and he's over by the chocolate fountain. And I figure he's getting his desserts right. He's gonna get his desserts, desserts tray. And my brain has this ability to recognize patterns and warn me, like, that car didn't stop at the stoplight. It is going to hit you. Or that man has a gun. These reflexes have saved my life before. Alarm bells. And I go, what brain? What is it? Because my brain is stupid. My brain is like Lassie. It can only bark and point. So I I sit there and I'm like, what is it, autistic brain? What is it? And it's like, ah, ah, ah. And, I'm, and I'm like, what? No, use your words. And it goes, pizza. And I go, pizza? And I look over and this man has his hand under the pizza and he's gliding it in under the thing and it's running down his palm and like into his fucking sleeve. The look on his face lets me know this is great for him. He is not bothered. He is not upset. He has this chocolate just running through his fingers and back into the fountain. This man had hairy hands. Yeah. So he pulls that thing out and without like hiding his sin and going to the corner like a good human being, he just sits there and folds it in half and puts it in his mouth and chocolate is just oozing out and he smiles and goes, oh, and as he does that, chocolate comes between the mini gaps in his teeth pattern. He has missing half his teeth and he's sitting there sucking on chocolate pizza and then I'm like, I just watch, right? And he sits there and he finishes right there. And then he looks down at the fried chicken on his plate. <laughs> and he picks oh, no. it up. No, and no, I, no. I leave the restaurant. <laughs> I, I am like, nope. You, As you're leaving the restaurant, you, go, you just hear, oh, God, why? Yeah. <laughs> and you knew what happened, but you're never going to ever put that image in your head. Um, no, it's... But I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I think the chocolate covered pizza might actually be something worth trying once well, some but things, not over a fondue and no, that's a well, little messy some, some things some things are like some things are complimentary that are sweet and savory yeah you know like if you take prosciutto and wrap it around like melon balls or yeah. whatever that that can be good it's just chocolate pizza is a riot of things you have to get the right chocolate 
Yeah. Yeah. You stop have, trying to advocate for this. No, no, I am because here's the thing. <laughs> no, no, I am. Not no, no, I'll stop. Or no, I am. No, no, I assure you, I am continuing. So you proceed. Get, you get the you get the right chocolate, whatever that might be. You can ha- you can get anything that you feel is necessary. But I think if you get the right chocolate and the right toppings of the pizza, the right cheese mixed with chocolate, as you know, can be pretty good. You get the right kind of meats on there. So there are some that you definitely can't chocolate coat like pork. It, you can do it, but it doesn't taste that great. But you could definitely do it with um, like chicken and it's okay. What? You, I, you've I'm done just this? I'm picturing like a Don't matrix. Don't ask questions beyond like the purview of this. Pizza toppings on one side, um, <laughs> different types of chocolate on the other. <laughs> And we're just going to start running an experiment and no. going through them. No, what I think... What is a chick, uh, chocolate... Ch- a, what is it? Chiclet dip steak? <laughs> a chiclet dip steak? So Come wanna... on down to BJ Bonobus Steakhouse and Grill. We have our latest chiclet dip steak. Who knows how we made it candy coated? But I'll tell you, it's medium rare and really strange. Uh, you tip it right in the chocolate and you pull it right uh, out and you go look at this it's a treat it's it's sweet it's savory <laughs> no. it's got a little bit of blood in it but it's Mike, okay you're making all of us very upset like i'm <laughs> seeing physical signs of displeasure okay you get then you get the green no. beans and i don't you know dip those in there <laughs> i'm not upset by this i don't know that i would personally try it but i want to be there to see what happens what you want the aftermath so what you're saying is you're not an advocate of nuclear war you just like watching mushroom clouds and test footage <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's so what you're saying is I'm not I'm not really a bad person. I just like bad things. <laughs> uh, but how is that bad? It's just a little bit of chocolate on your steak, man. It's science. We have to learn. Science. We have to seek knowledge. I, I, I feel like sometimes I, seeking knowledge is involved in deciding, it's, it's oh, this seems, is not something to be repeated, but it has to yeah. be discovered that it, seems, it isn't. It seems like a really bad commercial. Like, remember when, when you were a kid and the TV would put on, you know, all sorts of really dumb stuff like uh you'd have commercials for like the incredible edible egg you know like look, yeah. you either eat eggs or don't you're a commercial is not gonna tell me where eggs come from then i haven't learned already <laughs> you know like you don't need a commercial on it or butter you don't need a commercial on it what, what's the name of that it was like was it beef it's what yeah was, there was beef it's what's for dinner yeah. like you know what beef is. Yeah. Please, please don't tell me you need this. And it commercial. had like what? It had like classical music playing it had, over no, it. No, it had um. Oh God, that song, um, Copeland, uh, yeah. John Copeland. Uh, yeah, one of his fucking Western things. This is, you know, it's like beef. It's what's for dinner, or Aaron Copeland. What? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So yeah, no, it's just it's one of those things where you sit there and laugh your ass off because it's like beef. It's what's for dinner. I could see one of those commercials where they're like. Yeah, I finished my my long hard work day, and the only thing that gets done is a Hershey steak. <laughs> the guy takes a steak like right off the grill, where you just see the little bubbles and sizzle yeah. and the fat popping, and he just squeezes like a big dollop of Hershey's syrup on it. Yeah, and you just see him eating it, like the chocolates in his teeth, and he's laughing. Yeah, it's like laughing, and it's like it's a it's a wrap up dinner and dessert into one. Introduce a new Hershey steak. <laughs> I am just pleased. Chocolate filled for the steak. Americans that don't have enough Chocolate time for both. Chocolate dip T bone. 
I'm a, I'm a mom on the go and I just don't have enough time to cook dinner. And sometimes I'm on the way home from work and I just need to get something to eat. So I get my Hershey's dipped steak and not uh, only do I get a dinner, but I get a dessert at the same time. You know what I love? I love the really exciting Trader Joe's food for one. Yeah. Where it's it's like, we get it. You turned your, your career into your life. Now you're 40 and eating for one. Why don't you try our wonderful new egg rolls? And I'm like, <laughs> they know their people. I like the, and, and I also kind of wondered, like, why aren't there more foods where you have to peel a skin off like bananas? You know what I mean? Because you got a couple of fruits that I do that. I hate to tell you this, Mike, but most of your meats do have a skin at one point they do but now we're wearing them but so it's like you you have like the outer layer no i mean like as us eating as the as the consumer like i get a steak and i want like a banana peel to pull off it so i feel like the the steak is biodegradable or something you know what i mean so you're saying you want to peel the skin off the steak so you know it's fresh but the steak has to be cooked you know like i don't want to eat like a raw steak obviously you know Mike, that's called Beef Wellington. It has a skin. Wait, it's called breading. Wait, it's called Beef Wellington? I thought that was a person. Well, that is another guy named the Duke of Wellington. Okay. And he was pretty good, too. So his name was Beef? No. No. Uh, wait. Beef I'm Wellington. Confused. <laughs> Beef. Wait. <laughs> no. Wait, I'm confused. So this is not, this is a food. Yeah, I thought Beef this was Wellington a person. Wellington is a dish. Duke of Wellington this, is the person. I thought, yeah, I was going to say, I know he's a duke. I was like, I thought it was funny because his name was Beef. I didn't know it was like a thing. <laughs> yeah. Ladies call me Beef Wellington. <laughs> that's, his, that's his way of hitting on people. Duke, yeah. I just thought. They call him the Beef. I thought he became a duke because he hated his first name or something. That's not how you become a duke. You can't be like I'm running away to become a duke. <laughs> Wait, you, how do you become a duke? Like you inherit you, it. Inherit? Who gives it to you though? Your, Your dad. Yeah. By oh. putting his dick in whatever moves <laughs> and oh. then dying. Yeah. Is this Crusader Kings? Yes. Okay. Not yet. I haven't punished my in-laws for trying to kill me by forcing them to marry a humpback dwarf. <laughs> by royal decree. That's what I did in Crusader Kings. My my son tried to plot to kill me, so I forced him to divorce his wife and abandon all his kids, and then I made him marry a hunchback dwarf, and I forced him to do it. And and so he had this whole family line of like dwarves, and he was like miserable, and I was like, "That's what you get." <laughs> I was I was just being horrible. So that game's for. <laughs> yeah, it's it's to allow you to experience the horrible reality of allowing the human creation. I, dude, dude, I wiped out three lines. I wiped out three lines of a dynastic succession. Because there was this lady who joined my court and we found out she had the pox because she was sleeping around with everybody. So I arranged for her marriage because she slept around with everybody to the to another one of those courts. <laughs> she slept around with everyone in those courts who slept around with everyone else. So it was like all of Scotland and Ireland had horrible venereal disease and we're just covered in sores. And I was like, ha 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 <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> That's what happens when you sleep around. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I. that's what you do in that game. You just be horrible bastards. You're like, ah, yes, this man's much too liberal. I will have his family imprisoned until he changes his tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Your lands are mine. Oh, what a fun game until you have to fight armies. Then it gets really boring. 
So uh, let's get to some questions, I think. Yeah. I'm th- about to pull those up right now. Ohio. Uh, Ohio, a state of mind. Well, I mean, it's like the travel center of the U.S. Half the country could get there by car in 24 hours. It's really the heartland. And as a result, it's it's kind of weird, but well, also boring. I heard Ohio described as the grease trap of America <laughs> because everything that's happening around it settles there. I mean, really, that's not far off because like northeast Ohio from like basically Cleveland, Akron to the border, uh, Pennsylvania border. Like that's like your classic Rust Belt area yeah 20s and 30s attempts at building city infrastructure Mm -hmm. and lots of old art deco buildings yeah Yeah. if you go central basically west of toledo is just midwest part one (laughs) midwest part one like it just really like once you get past toledo all the terrain features go away and it's just field after field of corn, wheat, and, and soy. soybean. Well, that's like central Ohio, too, except it's broken up by Columbus, which is it started off as like a farming center, farming farmer market center, and then became like a college town mm-hmm. with, the, you know, state government stuff. Then you go south and it's West Virginia. Yeah, like literally the southeastern portion of Ohio is in with the yeah, geologically uh, geopolitical definition of Appalachia. Yeah. I I would call the I would call the Midwest if I was to give it a movie like Californication. Oh my god. Yes. I do 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 that, that bow, makes bow, sense. Bow, bow, yes. <laughs> I was thinking about it for a while here and so when you start to really put the pieces together you go fuck he's right. That's why we have to explore Ohio like many of our subjects. This the the subject of this podcast is Next one is Minnesota, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, we, we have to get staggered. No, we have wait. to get. He's not from Minnesota. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah, we have to get staggered. Yeah, fu- he can't talk about Minnesota. Fuck him. Yeah, we have to get <laughs> stagger and some of the Wisconsin guys to yeah. come out and and talk about. We'll Wisconsin. have to do that podcast around a grill. Yes. They, Otherwise, they, they they won't make any sense. No, they have to have a beer in hand and a brat in the other. Exactly. You tell me they won't. They don't already. They need more. Stagger, like whenever he talks, I just imagine him like cracking open a beer as he says it. Yeah. Because he is. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't hide it. Um, all right. So this one is a Star Wars question called Skeleton King Trilogy Mando. No. Hey, Tex and the BPL crew. This is Sarvak, a.k.a. Tyler. And as I only have a minute to record this, I'm going to get straight to it. Being a Star Trek fan, but a Star Wars geek, I was wondering, am I right to think that Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson are the skeleton king of the Star Wars universe? And question number two, what is everyone's opinion on the Mandalorian? The good, the bad, and the ugly? What do you guys think? It's been a crazy year, thanks to the entire Legion for all the content they've put out. We are finally, hopefully, maybe seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it's not a train. And for that sweet bingo card, fuck GW. <laughs> hey, hey isn't that the free space yeah that is the free space um yeah so the mandalorian i saw um i haven't seen any I, of I, I have watched all of i i've seen it it's good there's a few episodes where i'm like why like why why did they go here what's the pacing so you've seen the whole thing yeah i've seen 
Yeah, it's just the two seasons so far, it's, but yeah. I haven't seen both seasons. It's, it's good. Did you see all both seasons? No, I saw the first one. I saw nothing. But it's yeah. it's it's good. Um, I would advise people, though, that if they're going to watch that show, I, I really think that they should wait till it's done. Because I enjoyed the first season, but I would hate having to wait for additional seasons because this feels like a comic book. You know what yeah. I mean? It's really quick. It's little set pieces that tell an overall arc. Kind of interesting. But some of the writing failed in a few places. Um, some of the set pieces, I, I was like, eh, why? This just seems like an arbitrary setback to delay actually telling the main story. It doesn't enrich characters. Um, the action was great. Um, good fan service, I hear, in season two. But I don't know what they're talking about. Um, my problem is I have yet to watch the animated Clone Wars series, which is where they're drawing a lot of this from. Oh, yeah. Um, neither have I. I have not. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I, uh, I will say, like, I, I know some of the overarching things, which, but, like, I never felt like any of the stuff was completely lost. Like, it made, like, they justified it in context. And they explained enough for it to make sense, like, in the story itself. But I'm sure, like, I saw reactions of people, like, who, if you had seen these characters pop up before, like, they were excited to see them, like, in this new story. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'd heard. Now, as as far as... What was the first question? Uh, I, does does uh, okay. Ryan Johnson oh, and God. Kathleen Kennedy yeah. become the skeleton king of the Star Wars universe? Okay. I don't think they know enough about Star Wars to actually do anything meaningful with it. And I, think I don't think they care. Not like well, the, It's not like they don't care. They It's just like they're not interested in the same way that we're interested. They have their own... Well, yeah. it's, it's like, Kathleen Kennedy's trying to make money. Ryan Johnson is obviously doing the same. And it's like... This is they see their path on how they could make the most money, not make you happy because you're going to give them money. But they think, oh, I know how to get more money from people that are not just you, but everyone. And that's that's where people kind of get mixed up with them. And I'm like, I don't think they're the skeleton king. I think whoever they hired to write these are. I think I think the 50 producers. Yeah, I I think what it is, is it's. You look at the movies and you go, are there characters? Yes. Did the characters have stories? Sure. Are the characters interesting? Some kind of, but awkward and clumsy. And and are the are the action parts good? Sure. It's a Star Wars movie. They have to be. I mean, even if they rolled over. There, sleep, the, yeah, there's be. some pretty hype action yeah, moments. They, in there. Yeah, that's what I mean is they've never made a bad Star Wars action moment It for its era, for each film and its for, own yeah, era. Yeah, you're about to. Yeah, everyone, for each film and its own era. They yeah. Were, they were unique and beautiful in their own way because, yes, we've learned a few things with special effects since then. But mm-hmm. I think I agree with you, Mike, that it speaks of a lot of lack of care because the special effects guys are on point. Everything else is everywhere else. And it, it shows when you make something even out of high quality ingredients, if you don't fucking care how you put it together, you can still make a shit sandwich with expensive stuff. And yeah, I I see that. And I'm not trying to defend those two or anything. It's just like, there are a lot more cogs in the in the in the wheel than people give people credit for. Well, yeah, with fifty fucking producers, how could you make anything? Yeah, so like, I, I kind of want to go like, all right. And my question is like, in those meetings when they're writing the the three movies here, or I'm assuming just the one at a time because I know that the second one was. Yeah, I've yeah. 
heard recently that like there was no overarching plan for like an arc over the three movies. No. Which I think is really where they fall apart. Yeah. Like individual like personally, I like Force Awakens. I could like individually Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker could be okay, but they don't play well with well with each other. No. Like is the problem. No, no. They yeah. they're very different films with very different approaches and Yeah, incredibly different approaches. Well, it's, uh, it's it's like playing a game where you all bring a part of a recipe, you know? And so yeah. somebody goes, I brought a, I brought a piece of bread and they put it on the table and you're like, Cool. I bought a dead raccoon and they're like, whoa, <laughs> well, yeah, different. Well, here and this is this is actually something you can comment on with Star Trek as well. Is like because everyone keeps saying like it was a committee of writers, it's committee thinking, and it's all this, and it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. But these are massive, gigantic properties with people from varying levels of speciality Dude, and there's expertise. Probably, there's probably an army of lawyers just in the room to make sure everything's legal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everyone in there has a different level of expertise and they all know it because a lot of these uh, th- properties have been around for generations. Oh, yeah. So it's like you have generations of people who have grown up and feel like they know what's right for the setting because of the thing that they they experience. So all of these people get in the room together and they create this mishmash of everything. Well, right. I and mean, so you see less committee thinking on movies um, that are made more by like, uh, like with nothing that really exists in the... Um, I... I think, in yeah. all honesty, it is a bunch of Disney execs trying to figure out what Star Wars fans like about Star Wars and then telling people to put those things in it. And then a creative yeah. team trying to make sense out of that and then bouncing that back and forth until it results into a compromise that both sides are okay with. And then in the filming and editing, it comes out again and it gets bounced around again and it's just slowly gets. Yeah, the final the final cut or the final edit of a movie is usually where all the fuckery happens because one person will say, "Yeah, we're doing this thing," and then when they premiere, they're like, "Where's the thing?" You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of that going on, but not as much as it used to be. And these days, yeah, making a big movie thing by committee is become norm because so many people are interested in wanting to be a part of it that they don't put a limit on that. They just don't go, "Well, we already have a writer," but what if this person also then adds to the budget of the movie? Oh well, now they can write with the movie. Is you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Kind of. I, I I kind of am grasping it, but your film knowledge is like levels above mine. So no, it's like okay, so you have a movie that's got a budget of fifty five million dollars, let's right. say, and then you have uh, Star Trek, which is a series that everyone has known for generations, and everybody sure. who works in the film industry would love to work on Star Trek for any reason. And then you have people who are are like, I want to produce this movie. I want to produce. And they're like, oh well, we already have a writer and. We already know. I was like, but I want to get my story in there. I want to be like, well, we already. And then they add five million dollars or some something to this thing, and you're like, ah, now I've got to like have this extra producer on, and they want to be able to say certain things, and another producer, and another one. Oh, we can make more money the more producers we bring in. But this is also ruining the. You know what I mean? It's just that's what it ends up becoming. No, oh, it's a thousand cuts of compromise. And a lot of producers only want in on a project to do very specific for very specific reasons, aside from just getting their name on it. They want like, I want to be able to do this. I want to change this. And they're giving the money. So who's going to stop them? You know what I mean? That's like telling your boss, like, sorry, I don't want to do this. And even though that's in your purview at your job to do, it's like, what else can you do about it? Yeah, that is dumb that's what that's why i prefer the bpl system never work with someone you can't beat up 
Yeah, you can punch out. Yeah, I, what I'm saying is, if you're if you're gonna go after Kathleen Kennedy, you have to look at all the producers on Star Wars. No, you're right, and I think that's valid. I think they just punch at her because she's the one that went out front. It's a, it's the Todd Howard effect. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Todd Howard's said and done some really dumb shit, but he also built games on his own early on in his career that were amazing, which alone should put him into someone's respect. He's and a high, he's and a, a high IQ genius on top of that. Well, yeah, just like really, but, but he's also a hype man. Huge and the, and the problem is with yeah. A, yeah hype man comes ego and yeah. that's where people get into fucking trouble the difference is and the quality of the person is own it mm-hmm. if if you say something dumb like if you open your mouth and lies come out and then you close your mouth and you said you know what i wasn't thinking i was thinking what i wanted you to hear i'm sorry here's what i really was doing and you it own it works and, and you own it if you say like, hey, we tried to make that game, we really gambled on shit, the technology wasn't there, we were in way overhead, we could have used another two years, we were running out of money, and we did it. If you had come out and said any of those things at any point of anything he ever created, people would have respected him, and they would have said, we're going to back this motherfucker. Yeah, I I feel like uh, there's a lot of opportunity there to make like a, a more control of your own... like the history behind the Elder Scrolls. Like if you were as the company knowing that this is probably going to end up being a very long production, just start doing like behind the scenes editing or like, like filming of everything throughout the entire project. So when it comes out and it's not great or whatever, you can then sell the story of like how hard this project was on top of that. Well, right. And that's, that's the thing is you show the challenges that you had to overcome because all this shit's unique and, I think, for example, when it comes to like PR, people like Peter Molyneux, who, again, have that huge reputation mm-hmm. for just being crazy. I I played back in my head and I realized with one simple trick, Peter Molyneux, no one, no one would no one would ever bother him or even mention him again was if at the first time someone asked him something accusatory about something he promised and didn't deliver on. If he just said, I don't know, they would have walked away. They would have walked away. Yeah. Like if he says, like, I don't know. Like oh. if he's if he said that, they would have been like, Oh, he's full of shit and walked <laughs> away. But then he would sit there and start promising the next big thing and the crazy shit he was envisioning and people would buy it. And then they'd be like, This is also not what and he's like, Okay, but the next big thing and if he just said, What why did you promise this and not do I don't know. Yeah. That would have been so much better. Yeah, he just he always looks like he just woke up a second ago. Um, and you're asking him questions, dude, I don't, I don't fucking know. I mean, that sounds like something I wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, you got to take the stagger. The stagger defense. Yeah. The stagger defense. Doesn't sound like, doesn't like, sound like me. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So here we go. Um, I don't know if we did this one, uh, alternate ways to go real fast. We might have. Hello, BBA. This is Trevor. This is I, the insane one. Anyway. So, uh, I wanted to ask you. What concepts can you come up for faster than light travel? You think got things like the warp in 40k. You got subspace in Star Trek. Elite Dangerous. You got travel through alternate dimensions. There are so many concepts traveling faster than light. What concepts can you come up with? Okay. That haven't been come up with before? Well, okay. Uh, uh, like, are you trying to get us to reveal something that from another timeline? All right, so... What's here's, going on here? Let's let's tick off the list quick. Okay. Uh, what what were your travels like, sir? <laughs> what were, I, too, am a human. I, too, breathe this arga- oxygen air. Um, anyway, but, sorry. Yeah, I welcome this gravity. Um, what... <laughs> 
what I think is, okay, you have LQBR drives, which is make a bubble and then go fast. That's Star Trek. You have... Technically 40K as well. Well, no, 40K would be... Move through an alternate dimension that's... No, 40K, Star Wars, and hyperspace and all that other stuff is an extra dimension through which you travel. Then you have standard wormhole, which is where just... Fold space. Yeah, fold space, arrive. So these are your big drives. Now, the other options are, one, break fucking physics, which yeah. is just... It goes it go faster go than faster, which, which for many reasons is a bad idea, because if you just go faster, everything is also coming at you faster, and you have to spend a lot of energy to slow it down. No more questions. Yeah, so that's typically a bad idea. Also, time dilation because of acceleration yeah. would probably be, like, horrific. Um, So... The next thing is if you can find some way to quantumly transport and reassemble matter through a fourth dimension would be kind of interesting. Isn't that just moving through an alternate through a different dimension where the laws are different, though? In a sense. But I meant like if you could take something and break it down into molecules and then transmit it and reassemble it, you could just not have ships. That would be kind of neat. So you just transport around the transport so like there's no ships like there's imagine a sci-fi setting where there's no ships there's just a gate and you have to walk the gate network to get everywhere so like yeah but it's just open good god are you just calling out every possible reference as you lay there in your doomer sweater (laughs) yes just like simpsons did it yeah, Sam's is dead. Uh, uh, yeah, oh my god. I've got I got my full beard, and I'm looking to the I'm I'm presenting like the side of my face attacks. Yes. Uh. <laughs> um, what about you? Uh, do you have any alternate ways that you can share with this dimension alien that called um, <laughs> Who is normal? Who is a normal person? He has three dimensions. Yep. I have four toes as well, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, ignore that. <laughs> He's like, I live in four dimensions. Um. I mean, technically, we all live in four dimensions, depending on how you t- count time. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any additional ideas. Oh, I, hey, man, I'm all for the 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 uh, um, bed knob at the end. You just rub that, and your bed just flies to whatever you got to go to. Mike, that's not safe in space. <laughs> what, dude? You just get under the blanket, <laughs> or just or just turn the blanket into a margin. <laughs> Near Earth orbit choked with dead children wishing for new tomorrow. <laughs> and like you go around and you tell kids, oh, if you just rub on the magic bed knob, you'll, you'll fly off to wherever you want. And you just keep saying that and they just fly off. No, and they just away. <laughs> they just fly off to near Earth orbit and die, and you're laughing maniacally as a supervillain, like ah, ha, ha, ha. It's like writing a Bayaki. Uh, I'm just, oh. a, I'm just imagining. It's just like, no, we can go to space. Just put the covers <laughs> over your head and hold your breath. And then you see like the Hubble get hit by an eight year old. No, they're just like they're like in the future. Like oh. you know, previously we had a worse way of traveling. People would use these bed knobs. And so we still haven't cleaned up most of low Earth orbit. There's just piles of bed frames and bodies that we just have to fly through. <laughs> oh, my God. It's horrible. You got a guy who's like a shuttle pilot in the future. like, yeah, that's my favorite part. Oh, that wasn't good. Oh, it looked like a wrought iron. <laughs> wrought iron six-year-old. He's like, oh, I think that's cherry wood. <laughs> 
He's like, oh, watch out, striped pajama kid. Boom, boom. <laughs> oh, God. All right, all right. Uh, so sorry, alien from another dimension. We don't have any way, any way to go faster in ours. You're welcome to come hang out with us in our dimension, though. Um, I don't know how long your form can hold, but, you Good know. Good luck. Good luck. Next one is a gun uh, question. It says, trucker on channel one looking for a comeback over. Oh, no. Greetings, definitely Tex, probably Mike, maybe Goat, and any other members of the BPL who are here today. This is Trucker Steve calling you again. I'd uh, thank you for all the work you do, but I did that the first time, and you only get one. My question now is for Tex. <laughs> Would you prefer a bullpup revolver pistol or a lever-action revolver rifle, and why? What? Thank you. Bullpup revolver what? pistol will just blow your hand off. <laughs> what? If the cylinder is behind your hand. Okay, so to clarify, I am not like super gun person. Like, uh, but I like I know I'm into a little bit of design stuff, and I know a little bit of design terms, and none of those words made sense together. <laughs> a so, bullpup revolver. So, okay, can you put the revolver cylinder at the back? No, no, the gas will... Hold like on, hold on. No, the question is can, not should. Okay. So, no. is this technically possible? Yes. Why, yes. Yes, it is. So is riding a rocket into space by holding on to it. Or that eating, bat found out. Or eating... <laughs> that bat found out. <laughs> Uh, ripped space bat. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't know. <laughs> but why? It's it's probably the worst idea I've heard of. Like if you told me that you were starting a weight loss routine and you needed me to help you decide whether. Option A was like tapeworms or option B was like the olive oil diet. You know, I, I would be like, no, please. That is my similar response now. And I I hurt. No, you just put him at the bottom of a pit with as much water as he can drink and a ladder that can only hold 160 pounds. Oh. And then you wait. Oh my god. <laughs> I just no no not no. What about lever action revolver carbine? Though? Why? Why? It's just the why the lever why? is just a way for you to pull the hammer back and rotate the. Cylinder. Oh, cool! Oh, you know what I enjoy when I start my car? You know what I enjoy <laughs> pulling the ripcord. No, what what I enjoy when I start my car is the stick that Volkswagen gave me to push the button. Having an extra stick really helps. It's really neat. Uh, having this long stick they gave me to push the button that helps so much. It's, it's so a mechanical aid. It's a mechanical aid to an otherwise impossible solution. <laughs> that throws your aim off way more. Yeah, you see what I mean? So this is this is where I, I, I try to highlight my distaste for this. Next question. No, the lever doesn't do anything. It just makes the noise. That's it. <laughs> so it's just a revolver right rifle, which does... Which is double action. Actually, yeah. what would be really fun... So is you just do that. that to just mess with people. Actually, what, what would be really nasty is... Like for no reason, do a Borderlands thing with it, where you put another spring to push back on the lever, so the lever is basically a bump stock. 
and you hold it in your hand. She like reach for this guy, and then you borderlands him where it's a super fast firing machine gun with six bullets. <laughs> yeah, so grat. That's <laughs> all the revolver. Sounds like someone rapping. Grat. Yeah, it's like grat, and then the fucking yeah. the fucking revolver is spinning still, like it's just free spinning, and it's like hot, like almost cherry hot. I, I hate to be that guy, but if that was happening, that means the index pole has broken off and the fire. That's how no fast you broke safe. it with your bump stock. That's oh. what happened. Oh, all right. <laughs> also, if that happened. Well, I, I did figure out how to make a bump grip for a 1911. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> because I thought, wouldn't that be funny? And then I realized, no. No, no, no. It's, it's actually, there is an idea to make a grip for a 1911 that uh, moves on those bushings. I'm not going to say anymore. Uh, <laughs> but the the idea is out there and has been disseminated. Uh, brave souls attempting to do this don't it is a really bad idea uh, as it turns out in 45 and full auto is not great in a pistol uh, <laughs> yeah no that's, yeah. yeah that's a bad idea don't do that all right fascinating observation is all I'm saying all right the next one's a battle tech uh, for rapid fire questions howdy podcasters thank you for answering my previous question I have come up with a few more Mr. Tex, in your opinion, what are the best hover and tracked tanks in Battletech? Mr. Mike, what is your opinion on Cincinnati Chili, and should I try to improve mine? Mr. Goat, if you are there, um, I'm looking to expand my culinary horizons a little bit and try to cook some form of Brazilian dish, and I'm wondering what you would recommend. And finally, for everyone involved on the podcast, what is your preferred beverage to go with a perfectly cooked steak? I personally prefer either lemonade or red wine because I like the acidity and I like it clearing my palate a little bit. Thank you for doing the podcast, and I hope you all are having a good day. Best accompaniment for steak, two fingers, Pappy Van Winkle, twelve year lot B reserve. Okay, if you're if you don't if you didn't, you know, go to the Golden Corral with your bag full of gold bullion. Listen, he said best. That was the qualifier. Well, yeah, what's your best? Not good enough, not what you have on hand best fine then you're right my oh my for beverage for that goes well with a steak for me is just a big tall glass a1 steak sauce (laughs) (laughs) i take a nice bite of that steak and i just go glug 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 all right next bite (laughs) sir um i'm gonna regret opening my mouth here um too late yeah probably i don't drink much of anything besides water yeah um, and I'm generally boring with food. So like coming to me for culinary advice is like, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I, so you're like, you're like, I like a tall glass of milk with my steak. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he could that, possibly that, whole actually, milk with a hot steak. Oof. Well, mm. uh, maybe not at that. I'm point. trying to think. I like, like me some buttermilk and ham. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would end up being. Okay. So the hover tanks and tanks question. Okay, uh, favorite tank is is either the I'm gonna say the demolisher because it's like just fuck you, or the uh, the Poe because it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like it's cheap. <laughs> its inspiration was the T34, and it's about ten percent more advanced than it. <laughs> so it's it is the cheapest you can make a tank and have it do anything on the battlefield of the 31st century. So it is tracked, yes. Gun, yes. 
backup machine gun? Yes. Nothing else matters. Cheap. And so I like that because you can do like a North Korean parade in battle tech with them <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> you could have enough of them to where if they were you each fill painted, all of this, you fill every you hex on the map. You fill the whole hex of the map with pixels that if you arrange them would portray your face. Like that's, <laughs> that's how you use pose. Yeah. It's just like glorious leader is on the table. <laughs> and, and so I like that uh, for hover units. I, I like some of the planesmen, the harassers, any of those fuckers, because you, it's just like, it is 200 miles an hour. If it gets hit once, it will spiral out of control and explode. Like every movie helicopter you've ever seen. And it's great because sometimes they'll hit max when they do it and those blow up. So you're like, you can do Fast and the Furious and basically plot a race course through the enemy lines. <laughs> That's what I do is you plot a race course with your hover units through enemy lines and you have them like commit. You just think in your head like, yeah, they're going to get up to this guy and they're going to do like a sick drift and change direction here. And so you act like they're not even there to fight the battle. <laughs> They're there to have a race through it because it's like a Fast and the Furious Do you movie. Like my car. Yeah, and they're doing like drifting around the battlefield. And they're like, it's about family. We got to drift through the battlefield to prove our love. And they're like doing that. And so like occasionally. Yeah, the rock like, is on top just with a minigun. Yeah. Like and, holding it in his hand, not like mounted, just firing at the enemy. And there's an American flag. That's the idea is you, you just drive them and you you plot a race course through the battlefield. With and then those. they crash into shit. Oh, when, yeah. They when crash the into shit. Goes yeah. So that's so what yeah. you're saying. That is the that is the equivalent. Like if they made a battlefield game with Battletech. Right. And yeah. that, like that would be the unit I would get into because I just. I do this in all the Battlefield games. I get in like a Jeep or if they have a motorcycle, something like that. I just drive around. I don't even participate in the fight. I'm just basically just doing like a survival run. I'm like, let's see if they can hit me. And that's all I'm doing. I, I'm like, I'm not participating or helping in any or, way or useful. Do the, or do the Mr. Welch thing and load them full of uh, machine Ammunition. gun ammo. Just nothing but ammo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. each ton of ammo is hugely explosive. In Battlefield, I just put C4 on the front because it's like, yeah, if I run into something, it's just going to explode, so... Um, and then EA nerfed that. Anyway, let's switch over. To... Wait, yeah. Oh, yeah, go. There I... was a question for you, wasn't there? There's one for you as well, Brazilian. Cool. Food. Brazilian food. Mm -hmm. Being outside of Brazil, <laughs> would not recommend. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get a hold of, of good ingredients for it. It also takes up a lot of time and doesn't keep very well. That being said, if you want to get into it, uh, learn feijoada. That's the national dish. Um, that's something you do for... Um, you know, when you've been toiling in the fields, uh, as a chattel slave and, you know, all like 50 or, you know, how many, however many of you survived that day, come back to, to eat. Uh, it's a big feast of whatever bits of chicken massa threw away, uh, beans are able to grow on the plot of land that it wasn't making sugar, um, and rice and lemon and, and, uh, collard greens and stuff. So it's a great family dish, great, like feast day dish. Um, but it takes a lot of time and effort to make. But if you if you want to learn uh, that type of cuisine, uh, go for that. Hmm. And uh, what was mine? It was like, oh, Skyline Chili. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of said it. It's just not good. It, I wouldn't recommend it to you. Um, Don't. 
Just say don't. I just yeah, just don't go like just don't. If you're that just curious, no. just look up pictures just, on the internet and no. then try to make it yourself. Mike, stop this, it. Mike, get some help. This is your campaign. I'm gonna give you the words. No, just look just at the pictures no. online and then just make it yourself. Like go to the what, what's like a chili brand in a can. I don't care. Pour it on top. Throw some brown sugar in the mix and then mix some noodles in there. Make it and yourself, cinnamon. and you made it better than Skyline Chili did. And that's True. not saying much. No, it's not. Don't go there. I will destroy this generational fucking business if I can. <laughs> Mike against small business. Next no, controversy. They, they, they've been around for like probably like what 60 years or something. Yeah. And it's like I'm, I'm like fuck that. <laughs> I'm just going to destroy them with my, my word of mouth. Bless you. Thank you. We're going to have to go on to a Mike becomes Mr. Johnson for some runners. Destroy <laughs> Skyline. Yeah. Remove the control of downtown. All right. Uh, the next one is Battletech VG MechWarrior Games. Oh, it's a minute long. Hi, Tex, and everyone else who's on the podcast today. My question is about the MechWarrior computer games. I started playing them at a pretty young age. Uh, my first one we actually got with a joystick we bought. It was MechWarrior 2. I heard MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries is probably the best of the series, but I was curious as to which one you thought was the best. I never got a chance to play that, but I played all the ones after that. So, uh, my two questions are, well, three, which one is the most lore accurate? Which one's your favorite? And did you ever beat the Pirate's Moon campaigns, specifically the Pirate's campaign? Uh, my name's Alex, and I just wanted to officially say bingo and make sure that I'm the first one to call bingo for podcast bingo. Have a good one. <laughs> oh, only took a year. Only took a year. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations on your bingo. You're the first confirmed bingo we've ever had call in, I think. Yeah. As a caller, I've yeah. called in bingo earlier. Yeah, but it's easy when you're on the fucking <laughs> podcast. So Yeah, well, when you could change the rules right. of the game. When I can just say, yeah, I just said them all in order. Yeah. yeah. So it's... it. Uh, <laughs> MechWarrior games. Um, I would say most accurate. Uh, MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries is very accurate. And it portrays a lot of events in the inner sphere very, very well. Um... The Battletech, um, the 2018 one, very accurate because they wrote a source book for it after the game came out. So it became more or less canon. Uh, so that would be accurate. The one I enjoy the most is probably the 2018 or MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries. MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries is a close second, though. Hmm. What was the other? Yes, another question. Did he? Something about Battletech. I, I answered Battletech. His right. favorite, most accurate. And yeah, and the, it was like the first one was it. something he said in the intro that uh, we already answered. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, this one is Tabletop Games Infinity War Game by Corvus Belly. Hello, Legionnaires. Uh, greetings from Spain. I'm uh, just wondering if you knew uh, Infinity the Game and uh, Aristea from Corvus Belly. And what do you think about it? Because it's a wonderful setting with uh, cyberpunk. And uh, it's not like apocalypse or dystopia or whatever. It's like joyful and, uh, well, I don't know, kind of custom shell uh, vibes, but in a good way. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, just uh, the quality of the miniatures is just awesome, astonishing. And, uh, well, 
I wanted to to know your your impression and if you knew this game. Uh, Infinity is is called. Thank you very much. I'm Javier, by the way. Thank you, Javier. Um, Thank you for calling Javier. Uh, so, Infinity War game. Never no. heard of it. Have not heard of it. By so, Corvus Belly. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that because it's. Yeah. It, it sounds like it has nice aspects where it's like cyberpunk, but not super grim, but kind of fun. Like, because hmm. I'm, I'm sometimes I don't want a slice of grim. I want a slice of nice that I can fuck up. I, I, I don't want a slice of fucked up that I just have to live in and try to crusade for and watch die anyways. That's my yeah, life. Or, or I live that. Got, <laughs> I, I want to escape it. You have the slice of fucked up and then you have our players uh, because you can you can put us in a slice of fucked up but then our players are like no, nah, we could do better than this. Right. <laughs> yeah, speaking from experience, yeah, yeah. Our, our players are like, "What if we made baby oil from the source?" <laughs> like introduce, introduce, like, <laughs> yes. Um, the first thing that happens in Shadow. Um, how much can I sell this baby for? <laughs> I thought that was a proper in-character question. I, I know, I know. <laughs> how much is baby? How much is baby? I'm sold by pound. What what fuck what fucked me up the most was like you're just like hosing down the back of the garbage truck and then it's okay, it's time for us to go. We got the minute you just leave the hose running on the ground. Yeah. It's just ugh. Um yeah, next question. Okay. Well I was, uh, unless Nariser's heard of this. No, I have not. Yeah. Alright, the next one is the Dewey Decibel system would oh, be a no. better idea. Hey, Tex. This is Jacob Mon. Um, I was something that I've always kind of wondered, and as a librarian, you'll, I hope, be able to answer this, is I have never understood how the freaking Dewey Decibel system works. Eh, decibel. Decimal. <laughs> what the heck am I saying? This works. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so, like, how does that even work? Like, I, I don't understand it. If you can give me an explanation, like, I, I think that'd be great. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope you guys are having a good day. This is, this okay. is, this is a great library question. <laughs> let me ask you, let me just say something. Deputy wrote it as the Dewey Decibel system <laughs> how would be a better know. idea. All right. Yeah. So, all right. The Dewey Decimal System is a very simple reference system. The Dewey Decimal System works for reference materials. That's what it's for. So, if you're like, what's the Dewey number for this romance novel? It's not going to have a Dewey number. Don't be fucking stupid. It's written. Go to the romance section and then find how they shelf sorted it. It's probably going to be by last author name. <laughs> Just don't be weird. Okay. So, Dewey. Each hundred series denotes a change in subject in each following series of digits and decimal and further digits is further specialization. The best way I can describe what Dewey means is by telling my favorite librarian joke and it's a groaner. I hate it. And if you know the answer, it's because you know Dewey. If you don't, go look it up and you will understand Dewey. How many librarians does it take to change a light bulb? Oh, no. 645.5. Okay. Nerissa is actually going to look this up. Because it's been a while since I've had to look it up. <laughs> Dex over sweating bullets. <laughs> no. What was the number? Um, 645.5. Household furnish furnishings, lighting fixtures, notebook. <laughs> yep. So uh, <laughs> here's the thing is that you'll find all of these wonderful places in Dewey, right? So you find the big subject. Household furnishings. You find the code for that. 
And then you go, oh, would lights be under household furnishings? Yes, it's in the household. It's a furnishing. So by using that logic, you then jump to the next series, which would be lights, home repair, things to do with electricity. That's all under that line. So every number on a Dewey, the more specific will have more decimals near the end of it. That's where you're getting to subsubjects. So you can find Dewey numbers where things are very, very specific. But if you're looking for broad ideas, Dewey's easy to browse because you can go, I need religion and philosophy. What's in the low hundreds or the hunt or the zeros? You know what I mean? So it's in that area. You just I know that offhand because I'm a librarian, but you just go down to that section. Oh, I need reference. I need religion material. Oh, philosophy. Oh, well, that's all going to be in that area. Mm-hmm. So you just go, yeah, go to the low hundreds and you, you have to start walking around that area and they'll see it especially in larger archives. Um, Dewey works well. It's usually used in public libraries. They don't use it so much in archives. In archives, we tend to use uh, in the U.S. lock or Library of Congress call numbers, or we will use mark coding. Um, we also like to use the uh, Library of Congress uh, classification system. Uh, so those those are all very different numbers and alphanumeric systems for archive work where you're going to be using a computer anyways. Dewey's all meant to be done in your head. It was mm. written in the 1850s. So you're not going to have a database of Dewey. You would have cards. You know what I mean? Mm. You'd have like little yep. shelves you pull out. And it's just like, oh, if you know the section, you can find it. Oh, okay. So you don't have to know Dewey. You just have to know what each hundred numbers mean and then say, is it fall in that hundred numbers? And then you just go look in that section and it'll be there. Hmm. So you ask your it's it's a very simple classification. You just have, need to think of it in your head, like which do each of the hundreds mean? And any reference that relates to one of those very broad sections will be within there. So it's understanding classification at the same time and metadata. Dewey was kind of smart for his time. All right. Um, we have time for a last question. Sure. So, Honor Harrington is the best Mary Sue in space. Wrong. Hello, Tex and other members of the BPL. This is Major General Jay. The, the Honor Harrington series is one of my favorite semi-hard sci-fi Half series. Um, for those of you that have read it, Despite its faults, what is your opinion on its world building, its technology, its characters, <laughs> random long rambling discussion session, go? Uh, you're not going to get that out of me. The books never grab me. I hate to say that. Never heard of it. Oh, me neither. Man. I am so sorry, man. Yeah, you're you're not going to get much of a ramble out of me. It's it's like Space Royal Navy in space does Royal Navy things in space. Uh, it's, it's all right. Hmm. All right, then we'll then we'll just add, add do this next one. It's uh, Knife Fight City. Knife Fight City. The Jolly Green Giant would kick Paul Bunyan's ass. Hey there, Texan BPL crew. Pharisees here. No time listener, frequent caller. And I just wanted to ask, if you could make a movie out of Paul Bunyan, American Kaiju, how would you fit it into the Knife Fight City cinematic universe? Oh, I think we answered this before, didn't we? Paul Bunyan comes into the Knifeite City to try to tear it all down and return to nature. It's up to the various gangs to unite and fight Paul Bunyan. <laughs> It'd be like the Ewoks, except like instead of nature versus industry, it's industry versus nature. No, they, they uh the knife fight people come up with this 
like if we form the right circle we can cast the spell and make julia as big as paul bunyan and so they all like form their knives in some kind of weird magical ritual and then this like hot 80s mega babe gets like yeah, the size of like the 50 foot woman yeah yeah it grows the size of paul bunyan and just starts like doing karate shit on him <laughs> or just starts like Folsom prison shanking him yeah yeah like just t- she takes off a top of a skyscraper and she's like shanking the dude <laughs> uh oh i i could see paul bunyan walking around like as as like the leader of some crazy cult yeah. of axe wielding people like, Oh, those are the ax men. And their leader is described as a giant, a fearsome giant who hews men in twain. And then you find out he's the last of the American legends <laughs> and that no one's been able to kill him. Cause you can't kill a legend. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Night Fight City is it's coming soon to a theater near you. Evolve time. Summer of 1986. <laughs> Rev up those time machines. <laughs> no, it's, uh, that was when the trailer, that was when the movie was supposed to come out. It's been in like 30 years, 34 years of development. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, that is, uh, what do you, send us off text if you want to. Um, you can downvote a podcast across some websites, I guess, but you can do whatever you like. Uh, I'm going to be here making what I do. And thank you for tuning in. Take care, guys.